0: It's that time once again to talk UMAC basketball. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of, unlike any other, the UMAC. Ryan Mitchell alongside Wyatt Morrell. Wyatt, we're really cooking now. We got some stew in the pot. We're starting to stir this thing just over, well, not even, I guess you could say, a week into the season. But it's good to finally have some games to analyze.
1: Tell you what your analogies never fail to put a smile on my face ryan the stew is in the pot we're stirring it up no it is it's great we have some games we can review here tonight on the podcast plenty of stuff to look ahead to now as the schedules are really starting to fill out so looking forward to getting into it but remember everybody whatever platform you're listening to this on don't be afraid to hit the uh, subscribe button download so you can listen anytime anywhere Follow us on Twitter, unlike any other, The UMAC. You can also send us emails with comments, questions, or concerns to UMAC at gmail.com. But yeah, Ryan, there's a lot to get to here on this week's edition of the podcast. And really moving forward, we're just going to be two very busy guys because there's a lot of things to analyze. But it's going to be a fun time of the year. And I, I think with these first few games that we saw, those were no exception of what we can expect this year in UMAC play.
0: We'll be getting into more nitty-gritty of that, recapping week one in the UMAC a little later on tonight. But just for a reference, folks, we are recording on Tuesday night, November the 9th. So we are talking shortly before this one's going to drop on Wednesday the 10th, just for a reference on that. But we really enjoyed our time talking with another pair of coaches this week First off with Coach Paul Bruner on the woman's side of things for North Central, and then a little later on, you'll get to hear our conversation with head coach of the Bethany men's squad, Pat Garvin. But we start things off with our conversation with the man at...
1: Yeah, joining us now, Ryan, here on the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast, we've got the North Central Rams women's head basketball coach, Paul Bruner. And Coach Bruner, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us. And uh, yeah, just thanks for being willing to be on this podcast.
2: I appreciate you guys having me. I'm a big fan of what you guys do, so thank you for your coverage of UMAC basketball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We love it, and we thought it would be a great way to shed some light on it. And uh, it's certainly it's been going well early. And and the more people like you we can get on, I'm sure it will continue to grow. So before we get into the on the court stuff that we're gonna talk about. Why don't we get a little bit of background about yourself, just how you got to North Central, maybe just your coaching career to get to this point, just some information people should know about you, I guess.
2: Yeah, good question. A little bit of a unique story. Um, 2010, I came to North Central as a freshman and uh, with a plan to to play college basketball here, um, through some, some uh incidents that happened i actually um uh, my senior year of high school towards the end i actually um, had a very serious um, head injury a concussion and was told at that point um, i I can't play competitive sports anymore at that point so what happened was i still loved north central and wanted to go there but instead of being a student athlete i kind of became a student coach right away And so I did that for a couple years as a student, and then um, as soon as I graduated in in 2014, um, I um, joined our men's basketball uh, staff as an assistant coach under the former coach, John High, and then did that for one year. And then um, the following year um, was hired on an interim basis to lead the women's program. That was uh, 2015, and, here we are seven years later. So that, that's kind of a little bit of the background. Coach, going on to the court now, if you will, I want to talk about three
0: balls for your squad. <laughs> Last year, you guys were the leaders in all of Division Three from outside. Is that something, as you've been building this program, if you will, now entering your seventh season, is that a philosophy that you've had for quite some time as a coach where you say, hey, this is how I want my teams built, Or is it more so, these are the group of players we got, we find out that they're pretty good shooters, and we're going to morph our offense around that. What's that process like, getting to that point, especially last year with what you guys were able to accomplish? Why the three ball for your program?
2: Yeah, well, I I would say it's a combination of both of those things that you mentioned. It really started several years back, um, just looking at our team and our roster and, and our strengths and you know, looking at you know schools in the UMAC, and, and we just felt like at that time, you know, with our program, we had some strong guards uh, that could shoot the ball really well, and so we just figured, let's do that a lot if that's what we're good at. And that was years ago. I feel like a little bit before kind of the trend of modern basketball, positionless basketball, efficient field goal percentage, things like that um but I just felt like at the time that gave us the best chance to win and so we did it a lot and of course now you know we recruit to it um and ultimately you know the three-point shot is is a huge part of our offense um you know it helps when you have players like Naomi Hagstrom and Emily you know technically post players that can step out and shoot the three as well So, so that helps but um yeah you know they don't call us downtown you you know for no reason so we love we love shooting it if, if you couldn't tell
1: yeah coach that was something i i wasn't even familiar with till ryan brought it up but i think that's kind of cool that you're trying to get that as kind of what you're known for there at ncu so that's that's very cool to hear i don't know if you've gotten a chance to listen to some of the other interviews we've done but i've been tasked with coming up with questions to kind of not necessarily put you on the spot per se, but we want to learn more about you, dig a little bit deeper. So one I got for you now would be, uh, we'll, we'll we'll start it fairly fairly easy here. In the UMAC, obviously, I'm sure you like to play in your gym, but if you got to play somewhere else, where's your favorite place to play and coach in, and why?
2: I guess. Yeah. Wow. I have heard the question. Um, man, I would say honestly, it's it's. Maybe a little bit outside the box. Um, I like going over to Morris and playing. Um, it's it's a place, it's, it's unique, right? I mean, for the longest time, they had both of their sections of bleachers down, and it's just massive. Um, and then, you know, recently they, you know, I think are only bringing down one side um, of the bleachers. Just a, kind of a unique setting. Um, you know, we haven't had a lot of su- success there historically up until this last year. Um, but I like making the trip there. Um, it's actually uh, where my sister went to college as well. So have some ties there. But um, I always enjoy making that, that trip to Morris. Coach, you are now also at North Central tasked with being the head coach of the
0: women's golf program. Now, is there anything that translates from coaching that squad to what you do on the hardwood? Any similarities? And kind of why, why did you get into that? What do you enjoy about coaching the golf program as well at North Central?
2: You know, ultimately, I think it's just a chance you know, for me to you know, serve our students at North Central in different capacities, um, no matter the sport. And, and that's what I love to do is coach and you know, hopefully try to leverage the sports you know, to make an impact you know, in the lives of our players. And whether it's basketball, golf, whatever, I don't think I'll add anything else onto it at this point, I hope. Um, <laughs> But, you know, ultimately for me it's just, you know, how can I provide our student athletes, no matter the sport, a great experience? Um, You know, how can we focus on the right things and and grow and develop them in sport, classroom, faith? Um, And and so I would say a little bit, you know, just with with how we coach golf, it's maybe tied to the basketball philosophy. We we tell our athletes – don't lay up, go for it. Yeah. Hit it deep, hit it far. And we'll go from there. Um, kind of the philosophy with three point shooting, right? Let it fly, shoot a lot of them and, and go from there. So, um, man, I love coaching golf this, this past fall. It was a great time for our program and and looking forward to coaching both teams going forward. Yeah, driver off the
1: tee, let the big dog eat. That's, so that's the way I like to do it, too. But uh, I got a follow-up question with that one, Coach. Are there uh, some nice courses you would recommend in the Twin Cities area? I'm more from initially north of the Twin Cities by about 45 minutes or so, so I don't play down there a lot. But what are some of the better courses there, I guess, that you would have?
2: Yeah, you know, we really do like our home course. We play at Las Bolstead. Um, it's, it's technically St. Paul, Falcon Heights. You know, we host our NCU invite there um every fall including this last fall that we had um so I mean that's really where we're playing most of the time um you know if you're talking nice courses that we get out to every once in a while you got you know Rush Creek and Maple Grove that you know North Central hosts they're open there um so we'll get out every once in a while and play a course like that um but really you know we're spending most of our time golfing at, at Bolstead and you know if I'm able to get out there on my own with our staff and or other coaches here we like to do that as well and play Talking about
0: you, Coach. What, what what can you do with the club in your hand? Do you like to play yourself when you get the opportunity to do so in the off
2: season? I do. I I love golfing. Um, I I don't do it nearly as much as I would like to, but um, I like to go out with my wife and, and play. Uh, you know, play with other coaches and might be high school coach or other coaches at North Central. Uh, but I love it. And it's it's a great sport that I hope I can keep doing for a long time. Got
1: gotta ask, going off of that, coach. What's the best round you've ever shot? Handicap? I mean, what, where's your game at?
2: Oh man, I didn't. I wasn't ready for these type of questions, guys. <laughs> uh, but since we're on the topic, um, you know, if, if I can if I can shoot, you know, low to mid 80s, that's a good round for me. Um, I can consistently get there. Um, uh, upper 70s every once in a while if I'm having a good day. Um, get the foot wedge out every once in a while, but you know. But um, otherwise, just you know, low to mid 80s is where I'm at pretty consistently. That's nothing to be ashamed about coach. You know, I've been trying for a long time, the last multiple years,
0: I just want to get into the eighties. So why it's got me every time we go out together, but uh, that's, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous that those are good numbers for sure. I appreciate that. So getting back onto the court coach last season, we know the challenges and the hurdles that everyone had to face, but you guys were able to get a season in the UMAC more delayed as you know, but you guys have the most successful season in program history. What does that say about your guys' program that you were able to work past all the negatives of last season, if you will, and really have a lot of success on the court last year?
2: I think, first of all, it's just a testament to, you know, the character and the leadership of our student-athletes. We're extremely grateful that we had the chance to, you know, really play almost a normal season. I know that Not every program had the chance to do that. So we wanted to take full advantage of that. Um, And, you know, but man, we still had challenges. There's still adversity. There's ups, there's downs. But throughout it all, um, you know, I tell people this, I I learned from our players, just the way they handle themselves, and and they're resilient, and, and they're mentally tough, and they're responding with joy, no matter what comes our way. And so really, I followed the lead of our players, you know, and our staff. Um, but, man, it was it was a fun season for sure. Was there a point during last season where you can go back and look and
0: say, this win that we picked up on the road or this big come from behind win where you said, hey, we may have something special going here. We may be able to make some noise deep into the season. Is there a moment that sticks out when you look back?
2: Uh, well, you know, that, that first win – um, in the Erickson Center at Northwestern, kind of the non-conference game, um, you know that that was big for us. Um, but then, really, the second the second time we played them, uh, you know, which was a conference game that ended up being moved and shifted to actually, right, our first conference game of the year. That was that was unique, and so I think starting off that way was big for us, you know. And then we followed that win up by going to Morris and and. You know, beating them in their place uh, for the first time in school history. So I think really just the way we started with those two was really big for us. It, it just, you know, it showed us what we're capable of. And, it, and we strive for that every single day in practice to improve. And, and ultimately we kind of rolled that wave of momentum and, and playing well, um, you know, throughout all of second semester in conference play. Now moving forward to this season, coach, you guys just one game in at this point, but a convincing win
0: on Friday. When people come on down to the Clark Danielson gymnasium on North Central's campus and watch a game this season, and they walk away from it, what do you want them saying about the identity of your squad? How will this year's squad be defined by those who watch North Central women's basketball?
2: You know, I'd say a couple things. You know, first, something we ask our players every single day, we want to work hard, we want to have fun, and we want to love our teammates. And I hope people can see that by the way that we play and the way that we interact with each other. As far as on the court goes, you know, we talk about uh, playing fast, playing free, and playing unselfish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and those are three things that, that we talk about every day in practice, uh, before the game, halftime, post-game. So hopefully you know, those characteristics of you know, playing with tempo and pace, and I know everyone talks about it, uh, but that's really how we wanna play, um, you know, giving our players freedom you know, just use their strengths to go out there and play. I don't want to put them inside of a box and, um, you know, make them do something that that they're not great at. Um, And then just being very unselfish, right? We we talk about share the sugar, and that just means make the (laughs) extra pass, find the open person, um, right? We don't care who scores as long as it's on our team. Um, And I think that's um, going to manifest itself throughout the season, and I think it did in the first game with just you know, kind of the balance that that we showed with, you know, on on Friday with nobody in double figures, which is unique, but I think we had seven or eight people with, you know, seven, eight or nine points. So, um, you know, those are things that we hope people see when they watch us play with our identity.
1: Coach, this is the last question I got for you, and then I'll let Ryan conclude. But I want to know, in your time at North Central, Was there ever a pregame speech, let's say, or a halftime speech where you went in thinking, all right, I'm going to really fire up the team. And then for whatever reason, it maybe just didn't connect or you left the locker room thinking that did not go the way I thought it would. Or was there maybe some kind of a story behind a pregame speech that you could share with us?
2: Ah, man. Well, I would say this. you know, with our pregame conversations in the locker room. You know, we, we do it just like every program does, right? The players warm up, then we go talk, and then they get back on the court. Um, but, but really, it, it might be unique. Um, in that time that we have together, you know, in the locker room, you know, we'll talk scout, we'll talk some X's and O's, some reminders. But really, that's just another time that I use as a coach um, to talk leadership and talk character, um, and, and so we always have a leadership lesson in there, and, and we're talking just this big picture how we want to play um, with characteristics, and you know what what's going to make for a great you know great game and great um, execution you know in that game. So uh, I think it's you know it's maybe, especially maybe freshmen, new players didn't know what to expect with that, um, but really we're talking leadership you know in, in that you know pregame conversation in the locker room. Coach, final one from me here. Going now bigger picture on the conference
0: as a whole. You know, maybe for someone who hasn't been following the UMAC for too long. Wyatt and I have seen a lot of UMAC basketball over the years. You've been in this conference now for some time. But maybe speaking to someone who's newer to the UMAC, how would you describe the overall play that you see night in, night out? It maybe doesn't get the same notoriety as some of the other conferences here in the upper Midwest. But how would you describe what you're seeing right now Top of the conference to the bottom of the conference in UMAC women's basketball.
2: Well, you know I think the first couple of games of this season even speak to that. You know, right? I think um, the first four games that teams in the UMAC had this year, I think they went four and zero, right? With with Morris taking down Concordia, uh, with Martin Luther taking down McAllister, Bethany Luther taking out Carlton, right? There's Three MIAC schools right there, and, of course, you know, we were able to get a win on Friday as well. Um, man, it's a strong conference, and, and our players know that there's nothing guaranteed no matter who we play in our conference, um, whether we're home or on the road. And I think that speaks to the coaches. It speaks to the student athletes. Um, and, it's man, it's, it's great basketball. I encourage everyone listening to this to, you know, get to a school, get in the gym, and, and watch these teams compete because there's there's some phenomenal – coaches athletes and just programs in our conference
1: yeah coach I always say that the uh, UMAC owns the MIAC never forget it make sure everyone's aware and uh, this start of this season's uh, it's looking good let's just say for the UMAC so coach thanks for taking some time coming on the podcast we really appreciate it I'm sure we'll be in touch down the road we wish you the best of luck this upcoming season and as we move forward to conference play and If you're ever over at Northwestern and me and Ryan uh, happen to be there, well, we'll make sure we stop in and say hi with you. But thanks again for taking the time, and good luck this season.
0: Appreciate you guys. Love what you do. Keep it up. Thanks, Coach. We'd now like to welcome in head coach of the Bethany Lutheran College men's basketball squad, Pat Garvin, to the program. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it.
3: Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys having me.
0: Starting off coach, quite the season opener across the border in Iowa on Saturday night for you guys. You prevail in overtime in that one. What are your thoughts early on in the season and how excited were you to get out of there with a victory to kick off this 2021 season?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, uh, it was an exciting one. It was, uh, as you can probably tell my voice is still recovering from the weekend a little bit, but, uh, you know, anytime you get a conference, ro- a non-conference road win is, is big. It's the first time in program history, actually, that we've won at their place. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an extremely tough place to play. Uh, the crowd was into it. Um, you know, there was, uh, there was some moments where they went on some big runs in the second half, and, and I was just really proud of the way our guys responded. And uh, they kept fighting. We had a big lead for a little while. They made a run, and, and then we responded and, uh, you know, held them to one point and overtime overtime was, uh, was big time for us.
1: Coach, going off of what you said there, where your voice is still recovering, me and Ryan, we're we're familiar with some of the coaches that have been around a while and their coaching styles. How how would you describe your coaching style? I guess, are you more hands-on, energetic? Do you just kind of like to lay back, let the boys do their thing? Where where do you fall? I guess.
3: Yeah, I would, I would, I would like to think I'm energetic, passionate. Uh, You know, I I, uh, try to fight for our guys. Um, With that, you know, if I'm going to ask them to play with play with passion and be emotional you know in the right way I, you know I try to do the same thing and so um, you know that I, I, I try to encourage and teach as much as possible and uh, with that but uh, I'm not great at uh, sitting at the bench sitting on the bench and watching the game I've never I've never been great at that so uh, probably more of an energetic coach to answer your question
1: and you've you've coached a variety of different places and have been around so what's it been like i guess moving from place to place and having that kind of lifestyle i guess because for me i've been I've been kind of in the same place my whole life so what's it like kind of being uh in so many different programs and maybe some of the stuff you've picked up and learned from that time
3: yeah absolutely i've been I've been very fortunate to to work for a lot of really good coaches um you know obviously coming from minnesota state and, and working under matt Thaler, who's Uh, you know, all-time winningest basketball coach at MSU and and one of the best coaches in Division II, and his program's been elite for a long time, and so working with him and his staff and what we've been able to, what I was able to learn from him, we've carried a lot of that stuff over to Bethany, and I was fortunate to have two different stints with him, and then, yeah, going down to Arizona and all the bouncing around is is probably harder on my wife than it is uh, necessarily me, but um, it's been good. Like I said, I've been fortunate to to work for a lot of good coaches and obviously the name of the game in, in coaching is just to try to stay in the business and so um been fortunate to do that been fortunate to have, work with other really good assistant coaches and and uh take a little bit from each coach you work with and, and then make it your own
0: walk us through coach the uh process if you will waiting to become a head coach did you have a thought in your mind you know at this time in my career i'd like to make that jump why was it the right time for you and the right opportunity for you, if you will, to make that jump from an assistant at Minnesota State Mankato to take the head job here at Bethany Lutheran?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I never, I never had a specific timeline drawn out uh, where I wanted to be a head coach by 30 or by year four or five, anything like that. Um, you know, my number one goal was, was just always to make the big time where you are. And, and try to make the most of each, each spot you're at and so I think sometimes coaches get caught up in levels they get caught up and always worrying about the next job and, and I never wanted to be that guy I wanted to be loyal to the coaches I was working for and the players I was working for um, with that and it was just fortunate obviously to be at, be at MSU and be in the same city as Bethany and when, when it came open and um, <clears throat> you know I met, met with some people that uh, that I trust and and I kind of felt like I was ready to be a head coach. And obviously, Bethany's a special place to me, having played here and still connected to the place. I thought it would be really cool for, for our alumni for me to come back and, and just thought the program was in a great spot. So it just felt like it was the right time. And I was fortunate that uh, that President Pfeiffer and Don Westfall felt the same way.
1: Now, Coach, I like to ask uh, the different coaches we interview some more off-the-court questions, get to know them better a little bit. So one I have for you, let's just start with this. If you could not coach basketball or coach period, you had to do something else, what could you see yourself doing or envision yourself doing? or I guess would, what would you want to do?
3: Well, can I be like a professional golfer? Can you, that a sure. <laughs> like that? That'd be a pretty sweet gig. Um, if, I, if I couldn't coach, what would I do? Uh, you know, Honestly, I'd probably be a teacher. I, I, that's what I went to college to be, was uh, be a high school social studies teacher. Um, and so that, that's, uh, teaching and coaching has always been a pride and passion of mine. And so I would probably find myself somewhere, somewhere teaching or maybe some sort of sales job, maybe like a golf sales work for Titleist or something like that. But, um, you know, some, I, I love golf, golf's a hobby of mine. So maybe I'd find some way to, to make that a profession.
0: Coach, we don't need to tell you all the challenges that were presented to everyone last season, but you guys were able to get a season in as was everyone else in the UMAC does it feel like you're starting to get your feet underneath you, though, in this position? Now, finally having a regular season, a normal buildup. You mentioned the win that you guys had on Saturday night to open up non-conference. How's it been now? Kind of getting into more of a normal groove, if you will, these last couple weeks.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been totally different. You know, I think we were fortunate last year to have the time that we did and, and play. I think it was like ten games for us. Um, you know I think we're that helped us establish our culture get some of our system in guys got comfortable with me I got comfortable so it was almost a head start for us for this year and we were fortunate to have everyone back and so that's that's the way I looked at it and so I felt like it's helped us transition a little bit more into this year um, with it obviously we've changed some things over the off season as well and stuff but um, it's just been great it's been great too obviously COVID's still around it, it still lingers and it's still on your mind but um it's just been a lot more normal this year and so we're, we're very thankful for that we're thankful to have a, a full regular season scheduled and a umac tournament and ncaa tournament those things go a long ways and and so it's uh we're just excited and we're thankful that we got those things
1: coach uh after you pick up a win let's say at home or, or a big victory what what do you do to celebrate i guess uh after a big win
3: um well, that may change this year a little bit, I've, uh, my wife and I have a three and a half month old now, so it's our first kid. Mm. So, uh, the, the, the post game routine may change a little bit now, but, uh, um, usually, uh, I've, uh, been fortunate to have a lot of family and friends that come support, uh, when I coach. And so normally we, uh, we, we go out to eat after, after the game and, uh, uh, with that and talk over the game a little bit and, and just enjoy some family time. So I'm, uh, I'm a big wing guy, so I try to find some wing, uh, one of the wings places in town, and, and we go there.
0: What's, what's the favorite wing spot? Got to know. Wyatt and I are big wings guys as well. <laughs> All
3: right. Uh, the, I think the, one of the best wing spots in, in Mankato is uh, it's Tab on the Ave. It's kind of a sports bar. It's a popular place in town, um, and uh, they got a variety of menu. They're not just a wing place, but their wings are, I think, they're the best in town.
0: That's good to know. Next time I'm down Mankato Way, I'll have
3: to uh, keep All that in right. mind for sure. I hope we don't have a corporate sponsor that I just <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be, I might be getting an email from the administration.
0: <laughs> getting, getting back onto the floor now, Co- Coach, you, uh, going back to last year, didn't have Kyrie Mayfield really till the end of the season. He's now back this season. You have Brian Smith as well, and you mentioned you guys really have everyone coming back. How is it like finding a way as a coach to have those guys play together to lead your offense but then really – a more overall question as your team as a whole coming into this season with so much experience back. Those two seem like they're the catalyst to the offense, but how do you make sure everyone gets fed, if you will, and you guys are playing the type of basketball you want to play?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it starts with we, we got great guys in our, in our program, and, and they're unselfish guys, and they're winners, and they just want to win. And, and so uh, we talk a lot about our roles. Our guys know, know what their expectation is. Um, but I think one of our, one of our strongest suit, you know, thing for us is our depth. As far as if you're going to try to take away somebody, I think we have somebody else that can step up, whether if you're going to try to take away Brian, then we can do some things through Kyrie or if you're going to, even if you're going to focus on taking away both of those guys, we have some other guys that can step up and the Malinkoviches and Caden Baum, Justin Shrub, Hunter Nielsen inside is, is getting better every single day. So, um, you know, I think, I think we have a lot of depth and I think we have a lot of talent and our guys are unselfish and, and they just want to win. And and, uh, and so that, that goes a long ways. You know, I uh, no, don't think we have anybody on our team that's only about just getting their own. And so uh, we're fortunate for that, and that's the only way it works.
0: We've seen with a number of your teams, Coach, over the last chunk of years that you guys like to push the basketball. You like to play with some pace. Is that something that you believe in going forward because of the guys you have on your roster? Is that something – as a coach in the last chunk of years and all the spots that you've been, do you prefer a team that can play with tempo, play with pace, and kind of put the defense on skates, if you will, and really be playing the game on your terms, if you will?
3: Yeah, absolutely. To, to answer your specific question, it's both. I think it fits our current personnel that we have, and it's the kind of personnel we want to have going forward too. Um, you know, and, and so obviously whatever you run, whether it's offense or defense, it's got to fit the guys you have on your roster. And I'm fortunate enough that, it, 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 uh, you know, that that we have guys that I think are really good in transition and that we can play with pace and space and, and go from there. So, and that's the kind of team that we want to be going forward as well. You know, obviously, we got a lot of seniors on the roster this year and stuff, and um, you know, we're, we're continuing to look for guys that can continue to play in this kind of style.
1: As a coach and sports fan, I won't speak for you, but I'm going to assume you like sports movies. So what's your favorite sports movie?
3: Ooh. That's a good question. Um, you know, I would have to say either Tin Cup or Field of Dreams. Those one of those two would have to be uh, my top two. If I had, if you, if you're gonna make me choose one, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Tin Cup.
1: All right. Well, I'm I'm a baseball guy myself, so I can relate. I can relate to Field of Dreams and uh,
0: can can appreciate that for
1: sure.
3: Yeah. No shame in being a runner-up there, but that, uh, yeah, they're, both, <laughs> they're both great.
0: Coach, when fans this season come on down to the North Gym to watch you guys play, when they walk away after having seen you guys play a game or a couple games, what would you like them to be saying about your guys's identity for this team specifically? How would you like people to define how Bethany Lutheran plays men's basketball this season?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I hope they walk away and they say, "Man, those guys play fast, and man, those guys play hard." If, If if fans are walking out of the gym saying that. Um, then we're, I think we're going to have a successful year. And, and so that, that's what we preach. We want to play fast. We want to play hard. We want to play together. Um, and I think we got a group that's going to continue to do that.
1: Coach, I'm going to ask more of an on-the-court question here now as well. Just looking at what you have this year, where, where, do you, where do you think the ceiling is for this team moving forward and where you'd like to see them where they are now, I guess, versus the end of the season? Because that's kind of the goal is building towards the end of the season. Where do you see this team come March and just their potential?
3: Yeah, absolutely i think i think we have sky high potential you know i think uh these guys they got we got to continue to grow we got to continue to get better but we got a lot of guys on this roster that have played in big games um they're hungry to get back to playing in big games and so uh, but we got a long ways to go to get there and i think our league the umac i think is going to be as good as it's been in a long time because i think there's a lot of returners you know and so there's a lot of veterans there's a lot of guys that have played in uh in big games and there's a lot of programs that have similar goals to us. So it's going to be a fun year, I think in the UMAC. I think going Friday, Saturday is going to going to expose some people and you bet you better have depth, you better have toughness and and be able to either recover from a big win or a, a loss on Friday night. And so it's I think it's going to be a fun year in the league and um, obviously as you guys well know it's full of, of really good players and really good coaches that have been around a long time, that got their system in, you know, so it's it's going to be a dog fight this year, but I think uh I really like our group.
0: You started to allude to it there, Coach. My last question, I just like to get a gauge from all the coaches in the conference, their perception of the UMAC as a whole where it sits and you know, you have a pretty good idea, obviously, but only having been here for now going into your second season here, just getting started things up. How would you describe the type of play, maybe the type of basketball you see night in, night out from this conference? You know it maybe doesn't get the same notoriety as the other conferences do here in this area of the country but how would you describe UMAC basketball to someone who's maybe new to following the conference
3: yeah absolutely I mean I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me as a coach last year um was just the different systems that are ran in in the league you know um <clears throat> when you're in the NSIC it's uh there's a lot of different systems but it's a lot of ball screen systems you're in the NSIC your your defense has got to be really good garden ball screens if, if you're going to be good in that league and Um, I think you you come here into the UMAC and you got some teams will run ball screens. You got teams that will run the swing. You got teams that are kind of running some mover block or motion stuff, you know. Um, So it's it's uh, there's not a lot that translates from team to team in your scouting report, you know. And so and like I said, there's a lot of um, coaches that have been in the league for a while that that are well established. They have their system. Both offensively and defensively. And then obviously, there's some guys that uh, that are newer as well. You know, they've are they been along longer than me, but obviously, Coach DeWitt's got North Central going in a hurry. Um, you know, so some of the newer programs as well, it's, it's made for this for it to be a deeper league than maybe it was when I played.
0: Really appreciate that, Coach, that insight. And why didn't I believe that the UMAC just keeps on climbing, 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 and some early results this season I think are proving that and uh we're looking forward to conference play getting rolling here soon but really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us tonight best of luck this season and uh we're glad that you're part of the conference
3: hey thank you guys and thanks for thanks for doing this this is cool this is kind of my first time uh hearing about this pod and stuff and so I look forward to uh to tuning in a little bit Uh, I don't want too many outside noises but I'll I'll tune in uh, but I do appreciate the uh Appreciate your coverage and uh, with with things, and uh, thanks for having me on here.
0: Absolutely, Coach. Anytime. Looking forward to staying in touch. Take care. Again, a big shout-out to Coach Bruner and Coach Garvin for joining us this week. Really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to chatting with more coaches over the next couple of weeks to come as well and continue to give you more of an understanding on an inside look at each program in the UMAC. All right, Wyatt, it's time to look back on the three things we said to keep an eye on with last week's slate, seeing how those storylines developed, if you will. First off, Wyatt, there was three matchups on the woman's side of things that were a UMAC v. Mayak. And how about the UMAC to kick off the season?
1: Dub, 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 3-0. Oh. I said if they go 2-1, and one, that was attainable and something they should be shooting for. They get the sweep. Martin Luther, 13-point win over McAllister. Morris over Concordia by 5. And then on Saturday, Bethany over Carlton by 4 on the road. I, I've said it. I'm not joking when I say the UMAC owns the MIAC, Ryan. I mean, it's a very real thing. And we'll get into that on the men's side a little bit, as that will be something we look ahead to this next week. But... Man, this level of playing the UMAC we're seeing both in the women's and men's sides from these early contests this year shows I think it's going to be an elite level of play this year in the league, just from the talent-wise perspective of things and just all the returning pieces for all these squads. And it showed, especially in these three particular matchups, I thought.
0: And the results are nice, and we obviously like the results as UMAC supporters, But at the same time, Wyatt, they can only really do good for all these squads moving forward. You want to be tested in the non-conference. See some things you maybe won't see in the conference slate to build you up and get you ready for conference play. And hey, if wins come along with it, we'll take that as well. So uh, yeah, a little foreshadowing, Wyatt. We have much more of that coming on the men's side as well. Next up, another thing that we said we wanted to keep an eye on in that first week of games Bethany Lutheran's matchup against Central, their opener on the men's side, specifically, Wyatt, we said, how do Brian Smith and Kyrie Mayfield coexist? Remember, the dynamic point guard, Kyrie Mayfield, only played a few games last season, didn't return until late in the season, so Brian Smith kind of ran the ship. How would they play together? Wyatt, it was quite the matchup across the border Saturday night in Pella, Iowa, a rocking gym. Bethany was able to get it done against Central in overtime, 77-67. But as we go box score hunting, and we mentioned it in the last pod, Wyatt, we're going to overanalyze everything early in the season. And people can say they don't like that, but hey, we're just going off the information we have. Yeah. Brian Smith, Wyatt, a whopping 28 field goal attempts. He led the way with 20 points. Kyrie Mayfield had 17. They're easily the two leading shot takers, if you will, for their squads. They got a big performance from Justin Troop off the bench. But again, we're specifically talking about Mayfield and Smith. And we got some more insight earlier on in this pod from Coach Garvin on how those two play together. Any other takeaways you have, Wyatt, from those numbers that I just mentioned for what we may see this season from Smith and Mayfield together?
1: Yeah, just first as far as the game goes, weird game. They got the win in overtime, as Coach Garvin said. They held them to one point in overtime, so it's just kind of a weird game. And he he's proud of the way they fought back. And it was a good win for Bethany, nonetheless. Maybe not the prettiest of wins, but hey, a pretty win is a lot lot better than an ugly or what? What does that go? Yeah, yeah, pretty or an ugly win is a lot better than a pretty loss. I said it go. backwards, <laughs> but they got the win. They're one and zero. The big talking point from this, Ryan, without a doubt, though, is how many shots Smith and Mayfield put up. I mean, 45 shots between two guys, that's kind of unheard of. I mean, I go back to when Crown had uh, Wendell and Ladine the one year, and it seemed like those were the two guys, but I don't even know how many games they ever got 45 shots up. So you look at these two guys, and there's other pieces there, as Coach Garvin mentioned, but they're certainly going to be the catalysts of this team moving forward. And neither of them shot particularly well, but you could see they continued to shoot as the game went on. So I remember you joked saying there's only one ball in the gym for those those two guys, but they're still going to find a way to get their shots up as we saw. And I, I don't think there's also going to be very many games they shoot that poorly either. So I think that shows that if their defense can hold opponents to what they did, they're going to be in pretty good shape because they're going to be able to fill it up with those two guys. So it'll be interesting to monitor that as we continue to move forward. But Yeah, very interesting to see 45 shots between two guys, and if they continue to get that kind of volume, they could put up some just ridiculous numbers this
0: year. And a good early indication for you specifically, Wyatt, because Brian Smith was your preseason pick to win player of the year in the conference. If he's getting near 30 it shots is. a game, he'll have opportunities.
1: Well, well, here's the thing, though. I mean, personally, if I had a vote in this race, if a guy is shooting 30 times a game and only making nine shots, he's not getting my vote. <laughs> so that's going to have to change, and he's going to have to start knocking a few of these down. But certainly what I was encouraging from
0: as far as a prediction standpoint goes that he's going to have those opportunities, like you said. Moving along, the final thing that we were keeping an eye on from last week's slate. Northwestern and North Central, a pair of common opponents. Northwestern took on Wisconsin Lutheran on the road in Milwaukee Friday night and then took on Milwaukee School of Engineering on Saturday afternoon. Also in Milwaukee, North Central was just the flip. Played Milwaukee School of Engineering Friday and then Wisconsin Lutheran on Saturday. Wyatt, between those two squads, only one win. Out of the four matchups, Northwestern and North Central falling on Friday night. Northwestern losing by 8 to Wisconsin Lutheran. North Central falling by 18 to the Raiders. That's Milwaukee School of Engineering. And then on Saturday, Eagles picking up the win against the Raiders by 9 in a lower scoring contest. And then North Central falling to Wisconsin Lutheran, who put up over 100 on Saturday. And where I want to start with this one, Wyatt, we don't know exactly why. But the lineup we saw from Friday night for the starting five to open the season for the Rams, not the same five we saw Saturday afternoon. And not only not the same starting five, Micah Filer plays 37 minutes Friday night. We talked about in the season preview, why, not just offensively, but defensively. Maybe the most important player this season for Coach DeWitt's club. He didn't play Saturday at all. He's not in the box score that I'm looking at right now. And then the starting point guard, Justin Castro, coming back for that extra season, he played 23 minutes Friday night. He also not in the box score from Friday night's contest. So again, folks, this is another instance. We don't have an inside source, at the moment at least, telling us what's happening there at North Central. Was it an injury? We hope not. Was it discipline? We don't know. We we also hope not. We also hope not. We hope it's just... (laughs) I mean, but it's something, Wyatt, because you don't just pull those two guys out, not just from the starting lineup, but not even playing in a game where they could use some more scoring because Wisconsin Lutheran not slowing down, lighting up the scoreboard. I mean, you can tell when you score over 100, but they shot almost 50% from the field. So North Central needed all the help they could get offensively to keep up with them. And those two guys not playing something to keep an eye on here moving forward.
1: Yeah, no question. That's one of the biggest storylines from this storyline in itself that we talked about going into this opening weekend of games and not seeing those guys. I'm looking to see when they play their next game here on the schedule. And it looks like it's going to be on this Friday against Lakeland. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, I guess, when you look at that box score after that one is wrapped up, I guess, or maybe get a chance to watch it even. Actually, Well, we'll talk about this later. I'm going to be in a vehicle uh, heading to a certain location, let's just say, at that time. So I won't get a chance to watch it. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to keep an eye on it moving forward. But defense, regardless of who's on the court, Ryan, there's no excuse for letting up 104 points. To me, trying to compare Northwestern and North Central right now. I'm not sure if I'm impressed with Northwestern or more so just disappointed with North Central after looking at these results. I think it's probably more so disappointed with North Central just looking at the points they let up against Lutheran and just knowing that they they didn't really have a good opportunity to win either game, I guess. so. And give credit to Northwestern as well, a very good team that was able to find a way to get a win against a solid MSOE squad. I'm not even going to say the Milwaukee School of Engineering. <laughs> to me, that's just too long, but... Yeah, I mean, did, <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> Anyways, Northwestern, impressive, I think, all things considered, even though they come away with the split. North Central may be a little disappointing, and I think it shows that that gap between Northwestern and potentially these top teams, even early in the season, might still be evident, but we'll we'll get a better indication of that, I guess, this week as well.
0: Yeah, real quickly on Northwestern-wide. I mean, we know that they're the favorites coming into the season. They have a lot of returners coming back, but that was a serious test. I caught a good portion of that game Friday night against Wisconsin Lutheran. Yeah, there's other things they could have corrected, but it all starts and stops with taking care of the basketball, especially for a coach gross team-wide. We've seen Northwestern countless years. He can't stand that when you turn the ball over 17 times. That is the first and last thing that that coaching staff is looking at coming out of that game, I can guarantee it. Sure, they wish they could have scored more, shot the ball better, and held Wisconsin Lutheran under 80 points, but you got to take better care of the basketball against a squad who's predicted to win their conference in the preseason poll, on the road, hostile environment. You're not going to win very many games Wyatt, when you turn the ball over that many times. They buckled things down defensively. You mentioned a nice turnaround to get that win and move them to 1-1 one and one early on in this season.
1: Yeah, you can live as a coach with a, a bad shooting night if you're taking care of the basketball, but the turnovers where you don't even get a chance to put the ball in the net, that's that's definitely where you have an issue, so uh, that that would be the one thing that Northwestern's certainly going to want to improve on as the season goes on, because I almost get the sense, and I get it, we're two games into the year, but we're overanalyzing a little bit, yeah. Northwestern's the Northwestern's the kind of team, Ryan... They play their very best. There's there's not really a team in the UMAC that's going to beat them, and there's very few, I think, in all of college basketball at the Division three level that would beat them, quite honestly, if those guys get rolling. So it's one of those things where if they stop themselves, we could see some issues for them this year. But otherwise, if they can take care of the basketball and and get their opportunities, they're, they're going to be a very tough team to beat.
0: Absolutely. And again, we won't go too much further on Northwestern, but... We've seen this before. Last thing I want to mention quickly, Wyatt, we've seen some slower starts out of the gate, if you will, from Northwestern dropping non-conference contests, so this isn't something new from the Eagles, and uh, we'll continue to monitor things as they move along here in non-conference play. Next thing to recap, Wyatt, looking at the teams of the week, if you will, and the games to watch on each the men and women's side. We kind of featured Martin Luther on the men's side of things with their back-to-back matchups on campus Friday and then Saturday this past weekend unfortunately the Knights falling in both contests were in the game in the final 10 minutes of the second half with a chance to win it both Friday night and Saturday as well they fall to Beloit by 10 on Friday night's contest had a chance but maybe just not shooting well enough just a clip under 40 percent from the field 35 percent from deep and then Saturday a tighter contest We're there with six seven minutes to go but couldn't pull that one out against Lakeland losing 79-73 so they hold two clubs under 80 points at least you can say Wyatt maybe they wish they had a little more offensively and the reason I keep mentioning that you know I'm high on the Knights coming into the season making a move up in the UMAC where's Joey Baymat? I thought he'd be one of those key returners coming back as yeah. a score. He didn't play in either game. So, again, if somebody's listening, they're a Martin Luther supporter or a Martin Luther player, or just knows what the deal is with Joey Bay moving forward. DMs are open. Unlike any other, the UMAC on Twitter or UAO, the UMAC is open on the inbox side of things. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. <laughs> I was that is. Say,
1: you got to actually say yeah. the email correct g- if you're going to yeah. say
0: it. It's a Gmail account. So. <laughs> i don't think again we need to look too deep into these early results but as we said we're going to analyze the box scores and all the information we have at this point he's a big piece Wyatt. i uh in my prediction having them moving up in the umac he's a big part of it and a body that they can use on both sides of the floor so hopefully for the knights he's back at some point if he's still playing basketball i know you mentioned Wyatt; he's on the baseball diamond as well in the spring. I don't know if he's transitioned to there, and I'll just stop speculating because we literally have no idea what the deal is with him, but something (laughs) something to watch for in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe he's... No, nothing. I was just going to continue to speculate. But anyways, uh, if he's not playing this year, depending on whatever that reason may be, that that certainly changes things. And I mean, I would give you a little bit of a break even on your prediction to the preseason because he was a key returning piece. So I mean, not knowing that ahead of time certainly could alter things. And Yeah, I mean, I think you're disappointed to go 0-2, but they also put up two pretty good efforts, all things considered. Lakeland was another common opponent as Crown got to play them as well, so that was a team that two UMAC squads got to play, and Crown was able to come from behind and get that win on Friday night against them, so... Martin Luther showing there there with Lakeland kind of shows that they're maybe not that far behind Crown even early in the season. So they got to continue to build off of this. I think you can get down on yourself after losing a few games early in the season. But the goal is to get to the, your best basketball in March and obviously, I, I mean, maybe even January so that you can get to that conference tournament point and play well in conference. But there's a long ways to go here, and I think there's more to look at than just wins and losses from that standpoint for the Knights.
0: Great reminders why, you know, we get so caught up in the wins and losses. But, hey, ultimately for all these teams, where they're going to make their hay and where they're going to have postseason opportunities, it's all based on how you play in the UMAC. So we have to keep reminding ourselves that.
1: Yeah, I mean, every once in a while I have some wisdom. It doesn't happen often, (laughs) but if we talk long enough
0: on this podcast, you'll get something good every once in a while. Very well. All right, moving to the women's side of things, the team that we were keeping an eye on last week. They only had one matchup, but that showdown, UMAC v. MIAC, Saturday night in the West Gym in Northfield on the Carlton campus. Bethany, the defending UMAC champs, the favorites heading into this season. A tough road contest to open the year. Wyatt, we mentioned they were looking for some revenge. They got it to open up the 2021 campaign. And a shocker here, Wyatt, 29 of their 66 points scored by the preseason second team All-American candidate Hannah Geisfeld. Chipping in 19 rebounds as well. An absolute monster performance. And are we really surprised? I mean, we kind of come to expect numbers like this from number 50 for the Vikings.
1: Well, I mean, to a certain extent, I feel dumb for saying she might have a slower (laughs) night because, you know, teams are going to be more focused in on her. But clearly, it's not going to matter. I mean, she's just so, such a challenge to stop down low. Eight of those 19 rebounds, by the way, were offensive. So creating second chance opportunities for her teammates, which is just huge. This game, interestingly enough, was pretty close the whole way. Carlton had the lead early. Uh, we're up seven after the first. Bethany ended up taking the lead at half and then just kind of slowly kept that lead basically throughout the rest of the game. Geisfeld is a legit candidate, rhyme for All-American this year, especially if she's doing that. I know we joked about it early in one of the first podcasts we did, but honestly, I mean... I'm excited to watch her play in person here at some point because that's that's just a ridiculous stat line. That literally is Luca Garza's stat line from last year. And if she continues to do that, I mean, th- there's no question she's going to earn All-American status. So a heck of a performance to open things up. And honestly, that should just jump us right into our next segment, Ryan, which is new on the podcast. And it's you have our attention and you have caught our attention. Maybe uh, topics here for this segment will be things along the lines of a team we maybe weren't. Paying attention to and they put up a big performance this first week on the women's side, though, as far as what caught our attention, it, it's Hannah Geisfeld and she already had the attention, but she even raised the bar a little bit higher and our attention is even more so focused in on her because if she's putting up those kind of numbers consistently, look out. I mean, it's just it, it, it's what, what can you do defensively to stop that and how do you game plan around that? So she definitely has our attention.
0: Yeah, an irreplaceable player for sure. And, you know, she's had great health as far as we know over the last couple of years. So I'm not, you know, mentioning that, trying to jinx anything by any stretch of the imagination. But just all the things she does for that club, not to mention Wyatt, that she's back as a graduate student. She's been there forever. Everyone looks to her at that program. So probably, I think we can say, the most indispensable player in the whole conference on the woman's side of things. Hannah Geis felt interested to see if she can. I mean, keeping up that crazy pace wide of just a clip under 30 points and a clip under 20 rebounds per game, that may be a little too lofty, but who knows as we move along.
1: Well, I got to point something out with that too, though, is the other key piece on that team that we talked about, not in the box score. Do yeah, you Abby have, you have any I mean, also, I idea? That. Yeah. That's another one we need some info on
0: because I know for sure at the updated roster, we looked and we talked about in the woman's season preview, why they're both coming back as graduates using the extra year eligibility. If you're a Bethany fan listening again, let us know. Is she hurt? Is she coming back soon? Let us know. We would love to know. And obviously hopefully everything's all right with her and she's able to get back into the lineup soon because they're yeah. An even better team when she's leading the point for that Bethany offense.
1: Yeah, that's that's I just wanted to point that out because that's the first time I was noticing it and it's an even more impressive win without her to be able to go on the road against some IX school and pick up the win and come from behind nonetheless to do it. So, yeah, that's 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 something to keep an
0: eye on as well. Speaking of coming from behind, Wyatt you caught our attention on the men's side of things. A pair of players, Seth Royston and Cade Carroll of the Crown College Storm. I think have officially notified us, Wyatt, and everyone around the conference that they're going to be leading the way for the storm this season, trying to make some noise in UMAC play. But a heck of a start to the season for Crown with a pair of matchups at home this past weekend. The whack was rocking a purple out Friday night. I caught the last four or five minutes of that contest. Wyatt, Crown was down by 20. Just a few minutes into the second half against Lakeland on Friday night, their season opener. They come all the way back in the second half, shooting 56% from the field, ratcheting up the intensity defensively to take down Lakeland 85-81. And there's a sequence late in the game, Wyatt. They're trying to take the lead with under two minutes to go. Late in the shot clock, Lakeland's driving the basketball down the left wing. Seth Royston comes in, helps out, and just has a monster block out of bounds. Lakeland has to reset, throws it in. The next point guard's pass. He picks it off. Pick two, you know, as I like to call it, the other way. Throws down a jam, puts the storm in front. The place erupts. They hang on to win. So Friday night specifically, Cade Carroll leading the way for them with 19 points and 10 boards, a double-double for him. He had a block in the contest, but Mr. Block Shot, if you will. Seth Royston, 13 points, just four boards, but six blocks. I mean, I wasn't able to watch a ton of this contest, wide, but just down the stretch, the key of those two guys on the defensive side of the ball, and then offensively, what they count on them from, from those two as well. Talking about indispensable, I mean, Cade Carroll was the player of the week. You let me know a little bit earlier tonight, uh, in the UMAC, he was announced as the player of the week for his performance last week. Those two are going to be massive for Crown this year. We talked about in the men's season preview all the unknowns with Crown heading into this season with all the COVID issues they had last year. I think we got a pretty good idea with their performances this past weekend. I mentioned the win against Lakeland on Friday night. Real quickly, Wyatt, they blow out Beloit on Saturday, 90-62. to Carroll leads the way again with 24 Has six boards as well. Royston has 21, not too far behind with five boards. We know they can get it done in the paint. Over 60 points in the paint for the Storm Friday night. How about showing it from the outside? They're two big men. They're four and five, if you will, Wyatt. Carroll goes four of five from deep. Royston goes four of six. If they're doing that, and they're stepping outside, splashing threes, they're clearing the glass, they're blocking shots on the other end. I mean, talk about a dynamic duo this season in St. Bonifacius. Get down to the whack. And watch these two go to work this season for the Storm.
1: Yeah, I I mean, honestly, you said just about everything that I could just reiterate, Ryan. (laughs) I mean, these two guys stepped up in a big way for their squad this week. Got two big wins they are building off of that momentum from the way they ended last year. And you just get the kind of feeling that Crown could have a special season this year with the way everything is just kind of working out early on here and talking to coach Herbert and what he had to say. And I don't know, I think something exciting and kind of fun is going down there in St. Bonifacius. I'm interested to keep an eye on it. They certainly have our attention big congrats to Mr. Cade Carroll winning the first UMAC player of the week award. I mean, I don't know what the odds would have been on him to do that, but, uh, Gets it done nonetheless, and yeah, they're they're going to be a team to keep an eye on, but those two guys specifically, like you said, a dynamic duo, if you will, if they're able to do all those things moving forward, it's just going to make Crown that much tougher to beat. So certainly a team, that wild card that we talked about coming into the season is starting to kind of maybe already reveal itself a little bit.
0: All right, for all those listening, Wyatt, who are saying, okay, let's finally roll the ball forward. There's much more action to come. We understand. We've taken a look at the schedule, lots of things to look forward to. Wyatt, do you want to take us through the three things that we're keeping an eye on with this week's slate?
1: Yeah, so with this week, I'm going to start with the first one. We're going to start on the men's side. We talked about the UMAC versus the MIAC, Ryan. Last week, you know, there was only so many games going on. There was a total of four between the men and women side of things. This week in the men's side alone, we have 11 UMAC versus Mayak opponents coming up this week from tonight, technically, which is Tuesday when we're recording, to Saturday, November, what is it, the 13th, Saturday? Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. okay. That's a five-day stretch, Ryan. We have 11 UMAC versus MIAC games, so we're really going to get to test a lot of UMAC teams out and see what they're made of early on in the season so that is absolutely a storyline coming into this week can they build some of these teams that is off the success they've had and then some of the other teams can they bounce back and get in the win column so those will certainly be interesting to keep an eye on up to this point on the men's side of things oh and one against Mayak schools superior loss to St. John's on the women's side they got the sweep as we mentioned so 3-0 in total, three and one, but there's plenty of more action coming up this week, so we're certainly going to be keeping an eye on that. And let's maybe see if the UMAC can't come away with a winning record here against the MAC. I'd say that would be kind of the goal.
0: Yeah, you know what? Uh, D1 basketball is starting off tonight with some good matchups as we record, as you mentioned, on Tuesday night, the 9th. And they have, you know, early in the season, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And then later yep. on, they have the SEC Big 12 Challenge. There's got to be a winner with 11 matchups. Yep. something's got to be decided, UMAC v. MIAC. Let's keep an eye on that, folks. Over this next yeah. week of play, I mean, looking at Crown specifically, Why, real quickly, to go back to them, they got three of them with Augsburg yep. the day this drops on Wednesday the 10th, coming into the WAC, and then on the road against St. Mary's, and then how about this, it's Saturday night in Arden Hills, the Bethel Royals refuse to play Northwestern, who is just down the road. It's been a conversation that you and I have had Plenty of times over the last Chucky years, there's real, really no good reason that those two don't face off every year, and apparently that could be changing in the future, we hope. But Crown, marching into Arden Hills, that's a good test for them. Saturday night against the Royals, we're going to be keeping an eye on that. we got a busy day Saturday as well, and we're going to get to that shortly here.
1: Yeah, that's that's a joke is what that is for Bethel to say. We're not going to play Northwestern because it it's, doesn't benefit us. If we lose them, oh, it's a bad loss. No, Northwestern's a good team. And I'm just going to say, you know what, Crown? They're expecting to beat you. That's why they scheduled you, and they're like, oh, we can take care of Crown. So go in there and ruin their Saturday night. Show them what UMAC basketball is about. That, to me, is just... To me, it's just insulting and kind of pathetic that Bethel would would do something like that, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. So I'm sure everybody in the UMAC is pulling for you to get that one done, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that game that night as well.
0: Well, let's move in, Wyatt, to that second point now. We're going to be busy Saturday, as I mentioned.
1: Yeah, so I had mentioned uh, at Friday, approximately 5, 4 p.m., I'm going to be in a vehicle heading to a location. That location is the Twin Cities, and on Saturday, me and Mr. Ryan Mitchell, we're getting the broadcast team back together because St. Scholastica is making their return to the Erickson Center for both the men's and women's basketball teams. It'll be a non-conference game, but the rivalry may feel the same, Ryan, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be on the call for those contests. I'm looking forward to putting the headset back on with you. It's our games of the week, if you will, with Scholastica returning It is going to be a very busy Saturday, but a fun one. But that is the second storyline is how do those two teams, both on the women's and men's sides, fare in their return to the Erickson Center? And how does Northwestern, I guess, perform in what is probably their first big game at home, if you will, because obviously the men's team had their opportunity this past weekend to go out on the road and play a little bit. But now they're playing a team they're familiar with and they're used to. So how do they perform in that setting? I'm looking forward to it. It should be fantastic.
0: Well, yeah, and especially to stick on the men's side of things, Wyatt, for a moment. Scholastica has had some success in the Erickson Center, winning the last two matchups. Last year, getting it done, a big performance from Siljan in that matchup against Fambule. Those two posts going at it, looking forward to that. On Saturday, and I should say real quick, I'm not sure if Silgen's back. I think he was only a junior, but we don't do a Mayak season I, preview, so I don't know. And, if and we
1: right. won't, and for obvious reasons, <laughs> but I believe he's back. I, I want to say he's back.
0: Yeah, so m- many storylines to look forward to in that game. They got the win last year, I mentioned. And then going back to the UMAC semifinal contest, back before everything went down and all the shutdowns happened in February of 2020, Wyatt, I don't know if you and I have ever been more shocked leaving the Erickson Center. I know I haven't been. We were planning ahead already to Saturday. Northwestern had taken care of Skalaska a couple times this season, or that season, I should say. And Sklaska shocked everyone, knocking off Northwestern on the road. And then they brought that mojo into the last contest. So they're going to be feeling good and confident marching into the Erickson Center Saturday.
1: Yeah, you can't count uh, your eggs before they hatch, as they say. And we did that. We were full well expecting Northwestern to win that game. It was a big shock for a lot of people. And, you know, there's a lot of people on this year's team for Northwestern that was a part of that loss, and maybe they'll even use that as motivation moving forward, even though they were able to get the win last year in the conference tournament against them. Maybe that still kind of stings a little bit and they're hanging on to it. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And just quick to go back to our first storyline with the UMAC uh, on the men's side playing the MIAC 11 times. There's one going on right now and I just couldn't help but resist. I had to check. Martin Luther is down right now, 42-37 at the moment with 13 minutes left in the second half against McAllister. Good one. So they're in it again. They're half. in it again and, you know, people will say, well, maybe they're just recording after this. I'm going to give a score prediction and if it happens to end up being right, you're just going to be like, wow, they definitely lied about the time they're recording. No, I promise you we didn't. I'll say Martin Luther pulls this one out in a close one, 64-62.
0: And just for the record, Joey Baim's still not in the lineup. And I did check. He's on the roster for this season, so I'll
1: keep looking at that. Must be dealing with something. But anyways, we can get into our third storyline now, and that's going to be the Superior Women's team and just the Superior Women's team in general. They got three big contests here this upcoming week, Ryan. They're all against Wisconsin teams, so... In a way, they got an opportunity to say, "Hey, we're the best Division Three Wisconsin basketball team this year, and let's see what they do against these opponents." I believe it was River Falls was one for sure, and then Stout, and I um, might need your help on the third one. Yeah. I'm trying to pull the schedule back up here, but it's the middle delayed.
0: one is UW-Eau Claire.
1: That's right. Yep. So, what do you think? Two out of three. Try to get two out of three there.
0: I think that's very possible. You know, the battle across the border, and we mentioned that's been a dynasty in the UMAC, talking about that in our season preview, trying to stay relevant this season, if you will. Some good tests in the non-conference portion early this season for Coach Otto Fisher's club. And, you know, do you want another score update, Wyatt? Speaking of playing as we're recording on this Tuesday night, do you want to know the score?
1: Yeah, I want to know the score.
0: It's not going too well for the Yellow Jackets. 44-21 UW Stout right now in the third quarter. So uh then they need to win the other two to get the two <laughs> yep. out of three basically.
1: Yep. Okay, so did not know that before. I just said that. Yeah, like you said, Ryan. They've been the dynasty kind of up to this point and it's kind of taken a turn for the worse. So this is an important season for them I think to get that back and on the right track but not looking good tonight. We'll keep an eye on them throughout the remainder of the week. And I guess when we say week, Ryan, for us the week is Wednesday to Wednesday almost or Tuesday to Tuesday because we record these and release them every Wednesday. So our version of what a week is in UMAC basketball might be a little different than the traditional version of what a week is. but People yeah, will we'll, catch on.
0: Yeah, they'll catch on. They'll
1: figure it out. We, we go around. We revolve around UMAC basketball this time of year, as John Rothstein would say, we'll sleep in May. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say about that storyline. Something to keep an eye on. And Superior, again, going to be a team I think we focus a lot on this season on the women's side of things. And, quite honestly, the men's side of things as well, based on what we saw from them this past week. But we won't go too far down that rabbit
0: hole. Yeah, plenty to chew on. Plenty to watch this week in the UMAC. Why I was able to bounce around some games specifically Friday night where I wasn't uh, working at my other job, and it was just fun to have a good problem, if you will. There's so much going on. I can only do so many split screens on my laptop. I can only put one game on the TV. I can only keep track of so much, but it's like, you know what? This is an instance in life where it's a great problem to have. I'm happy to have this problem. So I know you and I are looking forward to seeing it with our own two eyes, if you will. It's different when you're actually in the gym we're looking forward to those matchups. Scholastica, Northwestern. I'll get started if you're interested. 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, the women start things off, and then the men after at 5 o'clock, Eagle Sports Network will be will be on, on the call. If you want to chime in, links at UNWEagles.com. If you want to uh, hear why and I in a different setting, if you will, on a Saturday in the gym for that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that one, no question, Ryan. It's It's going to be weird. I wonder if we'll be able to pick up where we left off or if we're – we're gonna be cutting each other off and it's just not gonna flow well. I mean it's like riding a bike quiet.
0: We just have to get down the street a little bit and then I think we'll have we'll have our groove.
1: <laughs> let's 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 try to get down the street then and uh yeah. do it right from the start. But no, we're we're looking forward to that one. Hopefully people can get some enjoyment out of that. And like you said, hear us in a different setting and realize that we do follow the sport closely and the the conference closely and we really enjoy watching UMAC basketball. So it'll be a good opportunity for people to see what's going on and that we are actually taking this serious and want to continue to grow this podcast and continue to do this moving forward. And we've gotten great reception from it so far. We continue to get people that are interested. So we love to see it. We hope that continues to grow. Let your family friends know about it. We're going to try and get player interviews down the road. There is a lot in the works. We are just getting started. And uh, yeah, as we conclude this episode, Ryan, I, I think it's, it's a positive direction we're heading and, I'm looking forward to more and more content being released here.
0: We're continuing to lay bricks, as I mentioned a couple episodes, Mm -hmm. brick by brick. We're continuing to row. Gophers are going to row Saturday afternoon in Iowa City. That's all that yeah. matters, Wyatt. I know you're still hung up on the Illinois result, but uh we're See, we're no, rolling no, forward no, no, no. to Iowa City.
1: What what I'm hung up on, it's not the result, it's the mindset of Gopher fans to say, oh, it's all that matters. No, it should matter when you lose to Illinois. It, you should want better for your program and have a higher standard.
0: You know what, Wyatt, sure. We wish we could have it back, but we do have to throw in the caveat that you're a Bulldog fan and you've had no adversity this whole season. So well, of not every not. not everyone can be spoiled like that to just watch every Saturday and not be concerned really about the result. You're kicking the can down to December. We're going to enjoy this November stretch. Everything on the table for the Gophers. So...
1: Go dogs! They're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not getting beat this year. No, you heard it here first.
0: I hope they keep winning as well. But uh, yeah, we'll continue to uh, fry our own fish here in Minnesota. But uh, we'll stop talking college football because that's not why people tune in for this. But hey, thanks so much to all those who made it to the end of this. Again, I said it before. I'll say it again. If you're listening to this at the end and you can say, I truly listened to the whole thing. Bravo! Hey, us know, we'll give you a shout out. Let us know. Inbox is open. U A O. The UMAC at gmail.com or the DMs are open on Twitter as well. Let us know. I listen to the whole thing. I hunt on throughout the whole thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I and mean, we haven't had anybody tell us that yet. So again, <laughs> it makes us wonder, well, are people actually just pulling little bits out of this, or are there some people, diehard fans out there, if you will, that listen to the whole thing? And like you said, we'll give you a shout out, maybe even on Twitter if you want us to tag you. Let us know. I mean, we'll 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 make sure that you get your credit, cause it, uh, it certainly is, is a long podcast at times with the interviews and stuff, but it's enjoyable, and we enjoy it, and we hope the people listening enjoy it as well. So, yeah, no, no question. Like you said, Ryan, we, we want interaction, and hopefully people continue to reach out to us and get more involved as we move forward.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself with that. We'll finally put a wrap on this thing. Looking forward to chatting next week as we continue to move things forward on Unlike Any Other, the UMAC.